Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Bootstrap Founder Podcast. My name is Avid Kahl, and I talk about how you can start, run, and sell a bootstrap business. This episode is called Continuous Validation, Staying in Touch with Your Market. Let's get started. I first felt we had truly a validated business when we had our very first DOD subscriber. That level of commitment for young products such as Feedback Panda two months into our existence showed us that people wanted what we made and were ready to put their money on it. However, validation is always a temporary state. We felt validated, but just for a bit. Your business can be validated only for the time being. Competition? Changing regulatory landscape, human error, bad press, or changing preferences can always derail a working business. That's why we always kept an ear on the pulse of our community, and we screened public forums and groups for complaints and new developments. In the SaaS world, we have continuous integration. I think we should also have the concept of continuous validation. Regularly and frequently assess where you are in terms of still being in touch with the market. Are you still solving the most painful problem? Did that change? Are there new issues that you didn't encounter before? That will keep you on your toes and it will keep your customers happy. So let's talk about continuous validation of a business. Continuous validation is the practice of assuming that every product is an iteration of trying to solve a shape-shifting problem. Within that cycle, processes and goals need to be realigned from time to time. If you're continuously validating your business, you will avoid making big pivots or becoming outdated. Today, a business might need to solve a specific problem. Let's just say it is the fictional business of selling time machines. Still, a few months or years later, you may need to shift the core business and production or product strategy because uh, to grandfather paradox resolution as a service. Or maybe regulatory agencies, let's say the Ministry of Time Travel and Tobacco, issues new guidelines and requirements. Let's call that the no time travel on Sundays rule to which the business needs to adapt by providing a time travel permission API and selling that as, as a plan upgrade on your business. Of course, pretty weird example, but the idea is there's always stuff that happens, right? So what was once a flourishing business model can turn into an adjacent yet different enterprise over time. How can you make sure that you're still aligned with the needs and requirements of your customers? The first thing you want to do is to check for problem solution alignment. Every few months, figure out if your business is still solving the problem it's set out to solve. Most products are engineered for particular use cases, and those use cases might just transform over time. Industries adopt new practices and workflows change. Your tool may be front and center right now, but a change in the business process or a regulatory requirement might make your product less effective. Talk to your customers and see if they find friction where there was none before. Ask questions like, do they still deal with the problem frequently? Does the product provide as much value as it used to a few months ago? You want to get like relative data. Have they noticed that your product has become harder to use for certain tasks, which usually implies a change in the task, not necessarily a problem with your product? And are there other tools that they use before and after using your product to get to their results? Right? Did your products solution surface shrink. Is there other things that they needed to put into a supplement that you actually use it for product? So what you want to do is you want to check for Eisenhower alignment. At least that's what I call it, because every few months, figure out if you're still solving the most significant problem your customers have. Was something introduced that makes your solution less important? Is their problem less urgent? I named this check after the Eisenhower matrix, a method designed to shine a light on the tasks that need to be prioritized. So it's a prioritization method. 
um, it applies to any audience and industry. People find it easy to use um, as it only asks if a task is important, urgent, both or neither. Regularly checking to see if the problem you're still solving exhibits the qualities of a critical problem and fits the important urgent quadrant on the Eisenhower matrix will allow you to pivot to a different use, different problem, if that one is gaining more prevalence. If you have a way to track how much value your product creates for your customers, like a lead generation tool would track the number of leads generated in the day, make sure to look into the historical development of that metric. Is it going up for most users or just a few? What's the overall trend? Right, Find the outliers and talk to them to see what happened to impact their usage of the product. Usually, if there are outliers on this chart, it's the people that stuff happens to first because they're closest to the change or because they are just in a more progressive business inside your industry. So you can learn a lot by looking for outliers and talking to them to see what might happen to your customers down the line a couple months later in the year, just from the different paces of how change moves through an industry. So how can you check with these two sanity checks both checking for problem solution alignment and for Eisenhower alignment, and you're doing them once every once in a while, you're continuously validating the business. But how can you get the information? It boils down to, like always, talking to your customers face-to-face or through surveys. I would recommend direct conversations, like I always do, because having a few select customers to talk to instead of blasting everyone with surveys is just more efficient. But both methods have their benefits. The important part is to reach out to customers who care about the work, who don't mind talking with you about the problems they face and knowing that you're still interested in solving them adequately. Like any good conversation with customers, try to be a good listener. I always mention the mom test here. Just don't talk. Listen to their problems. Don't talk about the product. Ask them how they solve the problems. If you have the opportunity to talk to the same people again and again over a few years, take it. There's a lot to be learned from the changing perspective of an individual customer. You'll be able to see a difference in what is important to them at different points during their professional journey, which will provide insight into retention strategies along the way. This kind of interaction will also turn your customers into advocates for your business because being taken seriously will create a solid bond between the customer and the brand. And the benefits of those kind of relationships cannot be overstated. We had many of these relationships with very, very intense customers at Feedback Panda. And they essentially did all the marketing for us. They did lots of triage first rates for customer service problems in their own communities before we even saw them. It's important to have these kind of people. And you get them by building strong relationships. If you create surveys, make sure not to limit your customers' responses. You are trying to find surprising, unexpected information. If you already knew of a shift in the problem space, you would have already reacted to it. So don't limit people to respond to what you already understand. While we're talking about validation, your primary goal is to explore the unknown, detecting unexpected changes that you have missed so far. Give your survey participants a lot of opportunities to write freeform text and ask open questions. I know that this makes surveys less statistically interesting, but that is not important at this part here. Like it's very important that you get information that you have missed before. And no percentage will give you any kind of meaningful new qualitative information, which is why you want people to write full responses. 
So let's talk about continuous validation and you. We just talked about the business, but how about the personal level? It, validation is essential here as well. And it's a different kind of validation. The points I mentioned before were about validating that you're working on the right things. Now it's about confirming that you're still working on the things that are right for you. First, we check for founder alignment. Every few months, look inside yourself to see if you're still feeling passionate about your vision. You set out to make the world a better place for someone in one particular way. Do you still care about the same people? Is there maybe a subgroup or a new audience that you discovered that is even more relatable to you? Is there another way of getting them to the goals that you found while solving their problems? Are you still excited about to how to help your customers? Have you been brooding over a new idea, a new project, but work on your current business goal is keeping you from reflecting on it? A running business requires commitment and weathering the storms of day-to-day -day operations. If you're feeling burned out or disinterested, think about delegating the work that creates the most tedium. You're a founder, focus on your vision wherever you can. That's the one thing you cannot delegate. When you reflect on founder alignment, envision where you want to be in a few years. From that perspective, take a look at your business. Is it a vehicle that will get you there or is it a barrier on the path to where you want to go? Adjust how you run your business accordingly. So how much is too much continuous validation? While it's great to check your business every now and then, you should not do that too often. Just like looking at the stock market every day will drive any long-term like hold investor crazy. You don't benefit from continually brooding over the validity of your business, particularly when you have paying customers. Building relationships with the customers you have today is more important than wondering if you will still have them a year from now. The former enables the latter, while the latter hinders the former, right? You want to build relationships and not hope they're still around. Because by building them, they will be around. I recommend taking a day every three months to reflect and go through the validation checks I've outlined by validating the problem solution fit, answering the biggest problem question by using the Eisenhower matrix and checking your passion for how you work and who you work for. You will make sure that you continue to do meaningful, valuable, and impactful work. Now, you may not be validating enough or correctly. If you've built a company that is highly automated, you're running the risk of losing touch with your customers. At Feedback Panda, we had a lot of self-service help material, so many customers would not ever talk to us through our system. We would make sure that the help desk system would reach out to them and ask them to let us know if there was anything the system didn't solve for them. Like that, the more complicated problems would eventually be surfaced to us, the humans behind the operation. You might not need to talk to people at all times, but make sure to talk to them when they're when you're stepping through the validation tasks set out earlier. Having a lot of metrics and KPIs is becoming more and more common. Don't just look at those numbers for your decision making. Use the numbers to see downward trends and upward trends, but reach out to your customers to confirm your observations and get to your actual conclusions. All in all, your best bet is to keep your communication channels open to your customers at all times. I've talked about how to do maximum customer service with minimum effort, and I've written about it too. Try setting up synchronous, asynchronous, and self-help systems, all three kinds. That will allow you to reach out to your customers from time to time as well, which is part of the asynchronous communication channel. Keep those channels open 
and note down when people suddenly start to complain and point out things that are lacking when they were not doing this before. Your customers will make sure you continue to provide a product that they need to solve their ever-changing problems with and are willing to pay for. They will tell you what they need. Of course, it doesn't mean you have to build that immediately, but there is always some sense of pull from a customer for something that is required. And once you feel the pull, you just start investigating. Finally, there's a risk of validating only features in new developments while leaving out the assumptions. This can be called second order validation. Don't just validate the choices you made, but also the underlying concepts. An example would be validating, let's call a think about it like a newly introduced tabular view of some data in your interface. The first order question here is, does this tabular view display the data in a meaningful way that helps our customers solve the problem? But the second order question is, is the problem this, that this data can help solving still the relevant problem or should we focus on showing different data, potentially in a tabular view or something else? It's kind of a version of the five whys applied to customer needs and desires, right? Just dig deeper, find the underlying assumptions and question those as well. Try digging as deep as you can. You will accomplish the best degree of validation by asking real customers about their real problems, figuring out the reasons behind their actions, and making sure you have a clear understanding what has the most impact on their lives. So one of the things that I'm thinking about right now after reading this is that we did a really bad job at doing this at our business. And just thinking about Feedback Panda, we tried to do this at some point. We really attempted to build this into some sort of habitualized once in a while activity, but it was super hard. And then I thought about all the other businesses that I've been part of before where we didn't do anything like this. I feel at least we're getting this slowly, or at least we tried, but it is so rare that you find businesses where founders ask themselves if they are still interested in being a founder for the business because they're so absorbed in the work that they're doing every day. So it is very important that you consciously take this time as a founder every now and then, make notes, reflect on notes of prior times when you did this and see if there's a trend or see if there's something going on with you that you kind of don't like anymore because there's a lot of founders out there that do not reflect their businesses suffer because there's something going wrong but they don't know what it is and all of a sudden things just fall apart and then they have a fire sale or that thing just kind of dies they go to another project or found another business and it could all have been prevented by just validating a couple of facts like both inside the business is there still alignment with the customer's problems is there still alignments with the urgency and importance of them? And inside the founder team, how many ever that might be, if you're just a solo founder, it's the same problem. Do you still want to do it? Do you still enjoy it? Do you still enjoy your audience? Do you still working on this problem? Is there something else? And the fact that people don't look into this, you can see this in many businesses. So I urge you as a founder to at least consider it because the awareness of you not doing it yet is the first step. And you don't have to do it at all times. And I think three months is a reasonable time frame because I guess fiscal quarters, right? It kind of overlaps with other kinds of statistics that are interesting. Just do look at your metrics. Like do look at your projections, do you at your PL and see if your plans worked out. But don't make them the only thing that leads decisions. I think there's a lot of soft skills and thoughts and 
emotions that should really be tested every now and then. That is, you cannot be a leader, cannot be an entrepreneur with a crowd of people that they serve without actually wanting to do it. Like you will move yourself out of the business if you're not interested in doing it. So this kind of validation is very important in any new business that I'm going to be part of in the future and am right now. I do this constantly. I do this with the blog and I do this with the podcast too. Trying to see, is this something I still enjoy? Do I enjoy writing my newsletter? Do I enjoy writing a blog post every week? Do I enjoy recording many of these episodes in a single day because I need to catch up with all the uh, stuff I've written in the past? And I do. I do it because I like the work. I like the kind of people I do this for. And even though... It is a lot and it takes a lot of time. It is something that is very enjoyable and I intend to continue doing this. What I've now done for three months, so I'm actually doing the first kind of continuous validation setting here, or the first kind of session at least, I still enjoy it and I want to continue doing this. And when we did that at Feedback Panda, obviously in the middle of running the business, we also still enjoyed it. It was still fun to work for teachers, for online teachers. It was still fun to provide a product that had meaningful, measurable impact on their lives. We figured out that it was still solving their most critical problem, which was student feedback. There were new problems that came up. That was interesting. It was interesting to find that there were problems in the market when we did these kind of continuous validation things, (laughs) shoddily, but we did them uh, at some point. There were new problems in the market that we didn't know of back when we started building the product, but at least they were not as important as the problem that we were solving. So had they been, had there been a problem that was much more important than writing student feedback, we would likely have needed to either integrate a solution for it into our product or pivot to a product that solves this problem to stay uh, relevant in the market. And people still had the problem that was also extremely important to validate. And we validated this um, more often than we did like a continuous validation session. But like seeing that people actually still had to write student feedback was very important. There was a number of schools in um, the online English teaching space that kind of moved away from student feedback, not the ones we supported, I guess, luckily for us. Um, And it was just an experiment, I think. But there were schools where the teachers had to write student feedback before. And at some point they changed it into like a multiple choice kind of thing. Yeah, he did great, did not so great, did worse. And that was it. So all of a sudden, the need for using our product wouldn't have existed in these schools. We just monitored them. We didn't support them at the time. And they came back to an actual written piece of feedback, which we could then support. But this stuff can happen too. So if your product becomes obsolete because the necessity um, for a solution to a problem that doesn't exist anymore just diminishes, well, you better stay on top of that, right? And a continuous validation consciously taking the time to reflect on these things, not just hoping to happen on them, hoping to to run into them by random chance. I think that's an important part of making sure that you're building a sustainable, stable business that will last you many, many years. So thank you very much for listening to the Booster Fund podcast. You can find me on Twitter at Avid Kahl, A-R-V-I-D-K-A-H-L. And you can check out the blog at thebootstrapfounder.com. 
If you want to support me and the Bootstrap Founder Podcast, please leave a rating and a review on Apple Podcasts and wherever you subscribe to the podcast. And it will help other founders and founders to be there, find this podcast and learn more about starting, running and selling their bootstrap businesses. Thank you very much for listening and have a wonderful day. Bye bye.